When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Booyakasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we are going to be reading, we just came ready read, but we're going to be talking about issues 18, 19, and 20 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends. So it's the colored version of the image run, or uh, also known as volume three of Ninja Turtles. Yes, so the the... Titles for the story are untitled, untitled, and untitled. Fantastic stuff, let me tell you. We're getting close to the end. I can only make that joke two more times about this series. <laughs> you know, it's it's a joke that's had a good run, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're we're good, solid. I mean, let's see here. 26 divided by 3. 13. Eight, you know, like eight to eleven, like I think eleven episodes of of this series about ish, somewhere on there, somewhere in there. <laughs> I don't, I don't keep that, I, so it's possible I divided it by two in my head when you said three. <laughs> I, think, I think it's around eleven issues, uh, 11, 11, 11 episodes about how much it's taken to cover this. So, point being, we've only been able to make that we're only able to make that joke eleven times. Yeah. Math. You know what? I'll I'll miss it. I'll, I'll miss that joke. It was it was good. It had a good run. I mean, there's got to be some other issues we read that won't be titled at some point, right? Oh, I'm sure. I I don't know about volume four. I've never read volume four, so I'm, I'm like giddy with anticipation about that. Yeah, you know what? Me too. So we're not talking about volume four yet. We're we're still we're still on volume three. Oh yeah, and we are getting like back to like very ninja turtles story very ninja. yeah uh because spoiler alert what we said last time about how it was kind of picking up uh it definitely picks up and the back end of urban legends is a lot stronger than the first than the first <laughs> half i'd say it's like the middle like the first the first bit is good and in the middle it kind of like bogs itself down and then the end, it like picks back up again. It's it's going at a really good clip right now, though. Yeah, yeah. we can agree on that. Yeah. Yes. So, without a further ado, further to do, further ado, let me tell you a story. Without further poo poo. Without without much ado about nothing. The ancient one did tell me a story. I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. Anyway, my story is issue number 18 
came out in October of 1998. The story is by Gary Carlson, art by Frank Fosco, inks by Mark Hike, colors by Adam Gazowski, letters by Pat Brissot, original series editor Eric Larson, editor Megan Brown. So the colors and the editor that is Megan Brown are specifically for the Urban Legends reprints done by IDW, just to make sure that's clear. So our story starts with King Komodo's minions, some Komodo dragons, snapping at Leo, and he has an arduous fight with them. He manages to defeat them, but is then scooped up by King Komodo. The mutant monitor bites Leo's hand off. The pain makes Leo pass out. Meanwhile, Casey visits Mikey and invites him to help Leo, since he kind of feels bad about uh, leaving him to go do this alone. And yeah, just how you know annoyed he was. He also he's also worried about him. And also, he'd probably kind of like some of that reward money for uh, killing whatever's in those sewers. They find the same trail that Leo followed, and they go that way. Leo wakes up under the foot of King Komodo. Leo learns that King Komodo was the Komodo injected with mutagen way back at Warlord Komodo's place. I clear back in like issues like one through four, like way back there, five or six. Anyway, he can control lizards just like the warlord can and he's you know now intelligent because he's a mutant pimico found him and trained him and sent him after the turtles komodo chucks leo across the sewer leo gets one of his katanas and cuts leatherhead's bindings to free him komodo mind controls leatherhead though into hating the turtles again so he attacks leo up on the rooftops of new york raf is out with his clan he receives a beeping signal that means the alarm of the cemetery has been triggered. Due to the false alarms in the past and his new responsibilities as Shredder, he ignores it. Someone is spying on him, though, with two-foot elite. They, this mystery person tells the foot elite to keep an eye on Raph while they go to meet with other allies. Back down in the sewers, Mikey and Casey are creeping up on King Komodo. While he, watches, while he watches Leo and Leatherheads struggle with one another under the water. Leo manages to drown the savage gator and return to the surface with him. He emerges to a barrel of a gun being pointed at him by the mutant monitor. Just then, Casey and Mikey spring out of the shadows and take him down. King Komodo falls into the water and disappears. Don is returning from a hovercar trip, and he thinks that the alarm that's going off at the mausoleum uh, is a false one but so he's just landing there now he's surprised by a bunch of men in suits surrounding him with guns and accusing him of being an alien back in the sewers the turtles can't find any trace of king komodo and they send casey with the lesser killed komodo dragons to claim the reward to be continued to be continued right now this is tmnt volume three slash urban legends number 19 Story by Gary Carlson, art by Frank Fosco, inks by Mark Hike, letters by Pat Brousseau, and colors for the Urban Legends version by Adam Gazowski. Uh, listeners, I've slacked on my homework again, so the summary I will be reading you is from the website TMNT Entity. Uh, great don't website. Give away, great don't give resource. away the secrets. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good. Uh, it's been a long week. Anyhow. 
At a government holding facility, a dark-suited spook named Mr. Black is briefing members of the Special Operations Strike Force, also known as SOS, on the situation. The creature they apprehended, uh, Donatello, claims to be a mutant, not an alien, and is friends with Chicago PD's Officer Dragon. Unfortunately for Don, Savage Dragon is dead and cannot vouch for his pal. Don suggests they call the Night Watchman instead, but uh, nobody knows where to find him. Luckily, another SOS member, uh, Horridus, who Mikey had a crush on before, happens to be on the scene, and she immediately IDs Donnie to Mr. Black's satisfaction. Uh, SOS apologizes to Don for the ordeal, and Don reveals that Dragon actually invited him to join Special Operations Strike Force, though he turned it down. Uh, they're then alert, alerted to a television newscast. On air, Casey is hamming it up as the savior of the sewers, collecting the $10,000 reward for sacking the man-eating monitor lizards. At the Jones apartment, April, Shadow, and Casey watch the newscast, which is followed by some very bad news. Casey called in sick at the grocery store so he could go save Leo from the lizards. His boss saw the newscast, and now he's out of a job. Splinter sends Shadow to go soothe the, the, the distraught April as Raph in his shredder garb steps in. Splinter condemns Raph's new occupation, the Raph swears he can turn the foot around. Splinter reminds him of the Japanese branch of the clan, and though Raph has as of yet been unable to contact them, he isn't worried as the turtles and cry have had a truce for some time. Parting ways, perhaps for good, Raph puts his helmet back on and leaves the apartment. Down in the sewers, Leo and Mike watch the newscast from Leatherhead Sanctuary. Nervously, Leatherhead shows them his recently rebuilt transmat device, though he insists they keep away as he recalls what happened last time the turtles helped him build a trad's mat. Mike, however, is more interested in the Utrom floating in a glass stasis tube. Leatherhead releases the Utrom, a friend of his named Dr. X, who was left behind when the TCRI building exploded. Dr. X greets the turtles, remembering them from the TCRI incident, and he asks the turtles to help them complete the transmat, much to Leatherhead's paranoid reluctance. Time passes and they've nearly completed the machine. Uh, Dr. X decides to test out the transmat on an unsuspecting Leonardo and zaps him away. Kicked off, Mike forces the Utron to return his brother. Leo comes back, but with a Triceraton commando at his throat. The Triceraton recognizes the turtles from their attack on the Republic and swears to defeat them. Leo, managed, Leo manages to stun the Triceraton with his own blaster, but things only proceed to get worse. The Triceratons have completed their own translocation devices, and a unit of commandos have locked onto the coordinates of Leatherhead's transmat. The commandos begin swarming the sewers, forcing Leo to destroy the transmat before more can arrive. Cutting their losses, the Turtles, Leatherhead, and Dr. X escape into a pool of water. Captain Zack, leader of the commando unit, orders his troops not to pursue, but to rebuild the transmat and regain contact with the Republic. His sensors pick up a homing beacon from the lost commando, Zog. Hoping Zog might have already built a base on Earth, Zack teleports one of his commandos to the beacon source. In Zog's Triceraton air car flying high above the city, Horridus is getting real cozy with Donatello, and unbeknownst to either of them, the Triceraton commando is materializing in the backseat. To be continued. To be concluded in this issue... Up in the Triceraton air car, Donatello and Hortus realize that they've been ambushed by a teleporting Triceraton. The Triceraton flings Donatello out of the car, and he struggles to keep himself from hitting the pavement. Eventually, he produces a helicopter rotor from his back. 
Back in the air car, the naive Horridus is convinced by the Triceraton that she is a sister species to his and tells her that he's and he tells her that he's met her kind before. But just then the air car flips over and drops the Triceraton out before Donatello returns. He had used the remote control that he had built to flip the car around. Sarah being saved by wearing her seatbelt. Seatbelts save lives, kids. Sarah, however, wants to prod the fallen Triceraton for answers. As she's learned from Dragon that her mother was kidnapped by aliens, which knew how she was born. The Triceraton, or Triceratom for short, as Sarah insisted on calling him, uh, after mistaking it, this to be his name, had fallen through the roof of the Museum of Natural History. Donatello calls Splinter, interrupting his viewing of South Park to update him on the situation so we can warn the other turtles. But just then, Pimico approaches from behind. Donatello finds Tom dead of a broken neck, and Sarah flips out on him. But just then, two other Triceratons teleport in. The Triceratons blast him with Sarah narrowly avoiding danger. Meanwhile, Casey gets out of the taxi cab and tells the driver that he's got to go and get the money since he's, all he's got on him is a check for 10 grand. The driver says, hey, here in New York, cabs for free. As Casey muses about his new status of being the hero of New York, he walks into the apartment to find Splinter sitting on a tied-up Pimico. Casey insists, eh, you know, I'll come back later. But Splinter tells him to come in and asks him to put on a kettle for tea. At the tea time, Splinter introduces Pimiko as Orokusaki's daughter. He then realizes that she was King Komodo's partner in his recent attacks in the sewer and flips out on her. She throws a hot mug of tea in Casey's face and literally flips out to escape. He, Casey grabs a golf club to intend to pursue her, but he runs into an approaching Leonardo instead. After catching Leo up to speed, Splinter bemoans his inability to keep up, keep her secured, and then drops the news on Leo that of Donatello's phone call. Leo and Casey decide to take action with Leo going to the Foot Clan to ask for Raph's help. Back at the museum, Don and Sarah hide from the Triceratons, Donatello calling Splinter once again, but there's no answer. Sarah is convinced that the Triceraton like her because of what Tom had told her, and she steps out to talk to them, but she ends up getting their attention and getting shot at angering Donatello. Meanwhile, at the foot headquarters, Raphael waxes poetic about his role as the, as the shredder, as Leonardo fights his foot. Eventually, he cuts the fight, asking Leo why he's come. Leo tells him, and Raph realizes the Triceratons spell bad news for all involved. And so he declares that the foot will ally themselves with the turtles and go to war with the Triceratons. Meanwhile, Leatherhead loses his cool at the Triceratons, wrecking his home and begins choking Michelangelo. Casey hits him with the baseball bat to get him to let go, but he doesn't. Dr. X convinces him to, and Mike explains to Casey that Dr. X says Leatherhead's mutagen is wearing off, and, he begin, and he's beginning to regress into a more animalistic state. Four more Triceratons teleport in. Casey, Mikey, and Leatherhead spring into battle. Man, what a cliffhanger. I am excited for the next issue. I guess it wasn't to be concluded. I just meant these three issues that we read were concluded. Yeah. yeah. Not the, not the storyline. Just our summaries were to be concluded. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a gray area. And this issue came out in March, 99. I didn't do my, I didn't do that whole bit. So. Oh yeah. What was mine? I didn't even look. Yours was in March. Mine was in also March of 99. Interesting. Really? 
So I'm pretty sure I read that mine was in October of 98, which would have meant there was a huge break. Either that or I was totally wrong. And now I'm questioning everything. Well, we know South Park was on the air at this time, which started in 97. So eh, who knows? Oh, I'm sorry. I was in the wrong book. Mine was January of 99. Okay. That sounds, that sounds closer. That sounds it's, right. Yeah. I think this is being released bi-monthly. Yep. Yours was October 98. Okay. Sorry about that. I was on the wrong page. Oh, man. Okay. <clears throat> Man, that was close. That could have been. <laughs> Ninja Turtles putting out two books at the same time? Never. Never heard that happen. It's always been released bi-monthly. Well, maybe not always, but, you know. At, at least bi-monthly, right? During during this period. So we're actually, we're like in year three of this comic because it premiered in 96, June of 96. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so if it's coming out every two months, I mean, I well, no be a little less than every or a little more than every two months right i don't know comics are weird man yeah yeah i do find it funny though because i saw someone complaining about like the modern comics like not even like the last ronin being like sluggish because like apparently they they were claiming that they were releasing bi-monthly at some point or like slowly but like ninja turtles has always released that way anyway oh yeah i'm very glad i i live in a time where i can just sit and read all these in order like yeah and and this part of the story was kind of fuzzy in my mind anyway but i'm, I'm glad i'm able to sit and read it all in one one go mm-hmm. yeah because like my my friend's reading idw for the first time and he like he's like how and he's having a ball like he's mm-hmm. loving mm-hmm. it but he's like how do you read these monthly <laughs> I was like, yeah i was like painfully yeah yeah no i i think that I think that especially like the current run, you know, because people have kind of seen it as slow and kind of a lull. I think that time will be kind to it in the respect in respect that like you won't be waiting month to month for this to come out. You'll be able to kind of like get through kind of this part where we get to have more character moments and it's kind of yeah. I mean, and we we had said that before. Like when when you go back and read this as a trade, like those issues are going to be fine. Uh oh. Did we lose Mike? We lost Mike. Uh, so, what I was saying is, the um, we were talking about it like how kind time will be when you go back to reading those issues. And like when you read, you know, 100 to, you know, 120, like when you're able to read those in one go, like you won't have, you won't have the context that these came out during a pandemic when everything was slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think it'll read better in that sense. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there like, are some things to certain degrees that I think will be better for sure. I think. Yes, I know you don't like the Battle of the Band, Spencer. I'm not. <laughs> <that anybody knows. laughs> I'd say anything. a bigger battle. Uh, I, I think so. These issues actually on the back cover had a ad for issue 100 of IDW, and that yeah. was three years ago. So yeah, roughly the same timeline as the image releases is what IDW is doing now. But had a pandemic in the middle of it. All right, we should probably uh, get into these issues, though, huh? I think so. It's time to visit the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. Uh, Real quick, Mike, I think you about said Donna Fellow in the middle of that summary. And I just want to make a note that that's an amazing nickname. Donna Fellow? Donna Donna Fellow, yep. I like it. He's a nice fellow. He's a Donna Fellow. Mm -hmm. Fun fact I want to share about Komodo Dragons. Okay. So Leo 
should probably be like much worse off having his arm bit off by a Komodo dragon because they're not venomous, but their mouths are like a living septic tank. Like they have like super, super nasty bacteria in there. And it's pretty much like you will die from getting so sick from their bite. Yeah. you like, you die from like I've read that. sepsis. Yeah. They just like, they bite you and then they just follow you until you die. Basically they die, they yeah, die of like awful, like sickness and bacteria just killing you. So yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty, you're, you're not going to do well if you get bit by a Komodo dragon. Yeah, try, <laughs> try not to, if, if at all. Right. Yeah. That would be like the freakiest experience though. Like the, the giant dinosaur thing bites you and then just like follows you around. Doesn't attack or anything, you know, it's just like yeah. sitting right outside your campfire all the time. Like, <laughs> I don't want to die, but just the anticipation is killing me, you know? Wait, yeah. Waiting for you to die. <laughs> yeah. Is it just like circles around? Just you know, it's like that uh, that snail meme, where like you know, a snail like follows you your whole life, but you're immortal, and like, but if it like ever catches you, you die. It's like I feel like it's like kind of same same energy, you know. You got like this super slow mon- giant monitor lizard just following you, mm. waiting for you to die, and you're just like, no, yeah. no. Anyway, that was my fun fact of the day. Um, issue 18 i really liked mike's mikey's uh book title of rose among thorns uh-huh. that's beautiful it is there's also a uh an elmer fudd reference in this he says that uh they need to be very very quiet and it's spelled with w's yes so, very very quiet they knew what they were doing and, yep oh yes yeah, this is well, hunting alligators that's what it is <laughs> it's mike Michelangelo, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, Mikey. See, I don't think it was Mikey until really 2003. Before that, I always knew him as Mike. Same with Don. Do they call him Mikey in the 87 series or do they always just call him Michelangelo? I think they say his full name each time. Yeah. I don't know if they actually shortened their names in the 87 series. I don't even think I noticed that. I think they do for Leo. Oh yeah, Leo lightens up. Is it, or is it Leonardo lightens up? It's Leonardo lightens up. No, but I think. I but think like when they're talking. I think I when they're talking, they'll say Leo. This is a real Berenstein bear situation, think it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> Berenstein or Berenstein. Right. <laughs> we'll have to pay attention now as we watch the '87 series. I'm. Go- I know I'm going to have to. But yeah, yeah, they're shortening the names to like Donnie, Raph, and Mikey. For the other three, might actually have only been a thing in. In, in two, since two thousand in two thousand three, because they call, just call him Don in the comics. Did they ever call him Donnie? I don't think so. I don't even know about Raph. They, they, they do call him Raph. Oh, they do I call do him Raph. That. Yeah, that's actually pretty early. They call him Raph. Yeah. Okay. All right. I know in the first movie it's Mikey, Raph, Leo. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I guess. Yeah, yeah like, he says funny Mikey. Yeah, yeah, morning, morning Mikey. Yeah. Um, got a real attitude problem, Leo. I don't think they say Donnie though. Yeah, they might say Don. I know they say Donnie in two in Secret of the Ooze. Okay. But so yeah, like, like when they were throwing around a canister all, or something. <clears throat> no, it's when um uh when he calls the news station and the guy's like, um, hey April, phone call. Sounds pretty insistent. This is not oh, Donnie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Oh man, I stand corrected. Yeah, me too. 
I tried to like my wife and I have like, you know, we don't have any kids, but we've talked about naming kids. And I tried to like convince my wife to like settle <laughs> our daughter after Ninja Turtle by naming her like Dawn, but like D-A-W-N. Yeah. Uh, Donatello. Yeah. She wouldn't go for it though. Here's here's a funny story. Why. Yeah. Here's a funny story from my childhood. So we got a cat and it was my turn to name the cat. Uh <laughs> because it was my first cat, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I got to pick the name, but my mom was like, You can't pick a ninja turtle character. And then and so you got rid like, of the cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh no. So I I knew she didn't watch Ninja Turtles though. So I named the cat Baxter after Baxter Stockman. Smart. And, and, and she like that night she was talking about dad. She's like, where do you even come up with that name Baxter? My dad's like, it's a Ninja Turtle character, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> you fell for it, woman. Yeah. So even at the age of like five, I was attempting to outwit my parents. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, um, is that a first year 18? Yeah, that's all I had. I Not a whole lot in there yeah. so issue 19 i tried to do some research on sos to kind of like figure out more about the characters but it was kind of actually hard to find stuff and anyway, apparently it's a team from savage dragon that dragon became like the leader of and it was created to replace youngblood after liefeld left image uh so when rob liefeld left image you know because they own their creations there those kind of lefts they had to phase him out so they had to have like a new government superhero agent like agency things so the government went to savage dragon and recruited him and then got some other guys to uh to be with him that's cool yeah but i haven't actually read those comics to be able to tell you more about the characters in sos so it is what it is sorry i couldn't fill in more information on that no that's more information than i got because i didn't even realize their name was sos until like <laughs> Like to it, like I think it was like issue nineteen. I I finally noticed. A, a cool detail that I like is that uh, Gary Carlson correctly has the Triceratons cough in between their sentences, just like Zog did back in Return to New York because they can't like breathe the atmosphere. Yeah, it's the same. It's a little different. So their cough is K O F F, and Zog's yeah. was K O U G H, which just sounds like a rougher cough with a K. <laughs> but yeah i actually do really like that de- i mean we're not, i guess we're not and i love being a turtle but i do mm-hmm. like that detail that, that yeah. they kind of remembered that for continuity that like oh yeah, yeah. these guys cannot breathe they, they can't breathe and I, yeah i like like the fishbowl helmet uh that they put on yeah mm-hmm. uh another continuity point is that when he's on tv casey goes by his real name arnold or his, maybe his first name i forget but uh, his mom Arnold his mom Casey, called him that back yeah, in Arnold like Casey issue Jones. 60. Yeah. I got I got one more for you if nobody okay. else wants to go. I don't want to hog the room. No, but, that's uh, fine. There wasn't a whole lot that I had noticed in these. Like it was more just like these were really fun reads. So I want to go all the way back to volume two, issue number one. If you remember, that's the one with all the dreams. And the very first page of that is Splinter sitting like bloodied and battered with a turtle looming over him. Mm-hmm. I think. Raph's confrontation with Splinter in this issue is that dream. Like it's it's less exact. It's not like a turtle killing him, but it's like a turtle has betrayed him in some way by becoming the Shredder. So so far, we've seen Leo's dream, which was Raph's getting captured. Raph's dream, which was a rat turning into a monster, which is what happened to Splinter. Mike becoming a writer, 
Casey losing Shadow, and now Splinter being betrayed by a turtle. The only thing we haven't seen is Don's dream, which was Splinter's death. So, well, just wait till volume four. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers there. Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? No, just kidding. I think that's really cool. Like this far down the line, you can still refer back to that issue. That's why when we reviewed that issue, I said I, I thought that issue really benefits from hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? You're right because like that 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 does give it the better context of like mm-hmm. okay. I like what they set up here now. Yeah. And and good on these guys for like, you know, caring about that. Like, like, like on, on Gary Carlson, the writer here, like actually caring about that and like going and looking for those things and making those things happen in here. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm done with 19. <laughs> okay. Issue 20 then. Uh, I have like a few references here and there, you know, uh, Donnie says flame on. Uh, when he tries to take off in his his jetpack thing that doesn't work out for him. That's the second time he said that in the series, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Go Go Gadget. Yep. A reference to it's the greatest cartoon of the 1980s. Have we determined whether or not the bad guy was just a talking bomb? Uh, Dr. Claw? No. Yeah, because so in the opening, he turns the seat around. There's a bomb sitting there. Is it possible that the entire time the villain was just a talking bomb? No, he obviously planted that and ran away. I like my theory better, but I'll accept yours. <laughs> Do you know anything uh, about clapping hands like claws right now for anyone who is uh, listening to this and not watching me? <laughs> uh, lobster? Yeah. <laughs> the claw. The claw. Give him the clamps. I just remember give him, watching. Give him the clamps. I remember watching Inspector Gadget 2. I, I don't think I actually saw one. I'll get you gadget next time. Are you talking about the, the movie with, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, yeah. Yeah, the one where he like drinks, like he goes to the bar and he asks for milk, chocolate milk, and he's like disguised and he like drinks the chocolate milk and then his like mustache is like down in the bottom of his glass and the bartender sees that his mustache is gone and he's like, sorry, my family suffers from extreme hair loss. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, you better watch. They'll get you slapped by Chris Rock. As big as no, a by Will Smith. Sorry. As big of a <laughs> wow. That's that's a dated joke already. Right. Um, well, oh yeah. Chris Rock was the one making GI Jane jokes in 2022, and I'm the one making the dated references. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. Um, I, I didn't even hear about. I didn't even know what GI Jane was before that. I still don't really know. It's it's it it's such a dumb poll. Uh, I, it's probably older than these comics. Like honestly, it's so old. It's such a it's around a that time. Reference. It's yeah. around that time that that movie came out. Um, but no, like I, I don't know why. Like as soon as like Donatello switched to, um, like the helicopter, I was when he said "Go Go Gadget," I was like, that's really cool. And then like Hortis, when she's like, "Oh, like Inspector Gadget," one of my favorite cartoons, like. That was super cute. Yeah. Uh, and Mike, Mike stole my other uh, uh, second time around, which is that Splinter is watching South Park, which I thought was a cool reference. It, it you know, it caught me off guard because I was like, oh, yeah, like that was already at this time. Like I was watching South Park in like seventh grade in 1998. So definitely it would have been around during this issue. Yeah, my note was, is Splinter watching South Park? <laughs> Glad to have that confirmation. Yep. There's something that's like hilarious about that to me. Like just Splinter watching. It's like the same thing as like Splinter watching soap operas during the day. 
Like him also just like sitting down enjoying some South Park is also just really funny to me. Mm-hmm. All right, are you ready to move into anchovies? Yeah, I think so. All righty. Nobody likes anchovies. So issue eighteen, I got one big anchovy, and that's that Leo loses a hand, and it's apparently just like no big deal to him. It's not it, like it's like it's any like sort of pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a minor annoyance at most. Yeah. Like, I think there's like only one time it really comes up that he that like it enables him to do something, um, like when he's trying to help Mikey like redo the transmat, um, mm-hmm. and he like can't reach the other side because he doesn't have a hand, and it's like that's the only time it really comes up that like, hey, Leo, like you're handicapped now. Yeah, it's a major major issue <laughs> but it's also the second time that leo has lost a hand in uh in turtles comics um in the soul's winter book leo gets his hand cut off oh yeah 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 we'll have to get back to to reading that mini series because that one's pretty that's really interesting i've pitched it i said we should have covered it at some we, point. we will no i'm like, sure we'll, we'll go back after volume sure four and get and get the- i'd love to talk about the first ninja turtles comic i ever bought and we will absolutely uh, don't keep me waiting what was it mike <laughs> uh i know you've told me i just can't remember for the life of me wait what the, the first one that you bought it was a oh, guest it was, issue it was souls Win- yeah souls winter number one. Oh, it was souls winter okay sorry yeah, so, souls, souls winter number one because i remember reading it and i was like this is mirage <laughs> yeah it's quite a bit different yeah spoiler alert Spoiler alert, I was very confused. I was going to say, mine was issue one. Yeah. <laughs> a reprint like of that. issue one or like? Uh, it was first... when they had it on the Mirage site and then I bought the Ultimate Collections later. Ow. Yup. What, uh, what print is it? Do you know? Uh, I have no idea. It was just, it was, oh, on the, in the Ultimate Collection books? No, your first issue that you bought. Well, the first issue, it was oh, I didn't buy it. Sorry. I know. Oh, I okay. Uh, yeah. The first issue, I guess I bought of like actual Ninja Turtles. Oh. Individual issue. Yeah. Individual issue one. It's like uh, I think it was actually the Deviations book because they didn't come in any of the collections. So I oh, bought the cool. story. But other than that, I for the most part. I like how Keith and I were both like, "You bought issue one and didn't tell us." I know. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> Okay, I read. I met. I ran to this guy at work that collects comic books. He has a first printing of issue one. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, like I, yeah, blew my mind. <laughs> I, are you sure it's? Are you sure it's legit? Either. It's got the got the gobbledygook in the back. Cover. Yeah, and, and it's mean, like it's not the reprint like white pages. It's I the think, yellow pages. I, think, I I didn't actually get to see it, but I'm pretty sure. Like he's he's really into collecting comics. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure it's a CGC graded. He he has the whole run first prints. Nice. yeah lucky guy um what i had one but i forgot to write it down and i can't remember my anchovy so maybe i guess i don't have any anchovies <laughs> all right issue 19 uh frank fosco he draws some ugly ugly oodrums i yeah. you know what i didn't I liked it. I liked it. 
Yeah, I didn't mind it, but for me, like there is just some of the art that is my intro. I just realized now I just remembered for these issues is that like the art, like there's like when Casey's like on TV, like one of his eyes is like up and the other one's down. Like some of the art sometimes kind of looks a little lazy. Maybe lazy isn't a good word, but I think I think I'm I'm always hesitant to criticize the art, especially like because I'm reading it digitally. Like Spencer, I'm assuming you, you are too. No, I'm reading it by the actual issues. I bought these when they were coming out issue by issue. Oh, so you you bought the original volume, like the, the original volume three issues from uh, from Image. No, I have the colored urban legend ones that. So I that's okay. So that's what I, so that's what I'm talking about. Like, so oh, these okay. are so those are like, so those are like fixed up on top of the original ink and art. Mm-hmm. So I so I'm hesitant to criticize the art because it's a different inker than originally so like i would need to see the original page to be able to like criticize it fair accurately enough. i think the inker is the same as the original mirage books and they just colored it but i could be wrong because like reading it digitally in guided view also really kind of highlights a lot of things that probably weren't meant to be seen up close like that yeah no guided view is definitely guilty of, of doing that sometimes yeah <laughs> You know, the art isn't meant to be uh, as big and as close up as it is in, in some of those smaller panels. I'll say, too, with issue 19, I wanted much more of Raph and Splinter, like, not fighting, but conflicting with one another. Like, it seems like such a big plot point. It's only given, like, two pages. I think in the whole book, really. This is the only time they come by it. So, but, if, you know, your anchovy is wanting more. That's the sign of a good story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that. Uh, that's all I really have. You know, there wasn't really a whole lot of anchovies for this for me, for either of these three issues. Are you guys? Are, do you guys have something for 20? 20, I just had that, like, Leo storms into the foot headquarters and then immediately, immediately is like, oh, I didn't bring any money and leaves. Yeah. Like, like, how like, do you even know that Rav wanted whole, money? <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think Leo had probably overheard that because right, like, Right before that, we hear Raph like saying, "Like I'm hiring the foot again, like out to a lot of their own former clients." And so I'm assuming I I just assumed that Leo had heard that. That oh, like, I thought that was an inner monologue. Would... Well, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that Leo heard him saying that. I'm saying Leo had heard that the foot were merciful. Ah, I see. Okay. And like, and so like, by the time he got there, he was he was kind of throwing it in Raph's face, like. I came to ask for your help, but I don't have any money. Like trying to guilt him into it. Um, that's how I took it. Uh, I didn't really care for that scene, like at all, because like I don't know. It, it, it's really weird how Raph is like he—he's so like into this shredder persona, and it's like it—it it really just feels weird that he's so into it. Um, to the point where like he's kind of like abandoning his family and it's like i, I don't know i just i did if it was like something like mystical like the armor is like corrupting him or something but it's like no this is just raf like on a power trip yeah so i'm just i'm not i'm not feeling the raf shredder thing yet fair enough but yeah other than that like i didn't really have a whole lot of problems with these three issues like even the art was like it's some of the better Fosco, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
moved along at a good clip. I had fun. Yeah, I did fall asleep. Really... I did fall asleep reading 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that is the fault of the book or the fault of me reading it very late while I was tired. <laughs> yeah, those two things can uh I don't know if I don't know if one goes in hand in hand, so I'm just blaming the book. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Are we gonna talk about what we liked then? I yeah. think so. Oh, I love being a turtle. At 18, I just, for whatever reason, I just like, you know, Komodo dragon fighting action. It feels like kind of the overtop, like over the top, like turtles fighting dinosaurs level of, of store, you know, fighting and storytelling. Yeah, and I think I, that was neat. And I'll always enjoy that. I'll always enjoy turtles fighting just dinosaurs or Komodo dragons. Those things that like when you were a kid thought were like the coolest things in the whole yeah. world. Especially like. It's even more over the top because like Leo and Leatherhead fight underwater. And then when Leo comes out of the water, King Komodo's got a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's already a giant monster that controls mind controls the other giant reptiles. And now he's also got a rifle. Like it's just so over the top. He's just like, like I'm the, gonna try the this. The escalation way. is just so funny. I know. Uh, I also thought it was funny when I you know, Casey uh, looks at Mikey's book and he's like, are you writing a romance novel? And Mikey's just like, uh, no, it's a horror story, actually. <laughs> he's, it's you know, a very humanizing moment. I had that written down, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, him kind of being embarrassed that he's, he's writing a romance novel. And so he just tells Casey, oh, it's, it's a horror book. It's a horror story. Cool. Yeah, you, you took both of mine, Spencer. So. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, wait. Oh, you're fine. Spencer, you're you fine. took mine, too. We're, I think I did that to you last time, man. We're just we're on the same wavelength, I guess, when it comes to what we like about these issues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're very glaring positives, you know? Yeah. So, it's so okay. we move on yeah, to It's 19? really the, the lowest common denominator. Yeah, I think we're good for 18 if we want to do 19. Mike. So, 19, I really liked Leatherhead coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I really liked that there was a mysterious Utrom. Like, just kind of out of nowhere. Uh, and... I liked that he sat on Leatherhead's shoulder. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that, I was like, this, there's something funny about this, and not that this. I'm not saying like I don't know if this inspired anything or not, but I, I just immediately thought of Leather Krang. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought I just thought it was cute. Like Leatherhead's just got a little Luchom friend that sits on his shoulder. Yeah, like I, I really love these kinds of versions of leatherhead where i don't know he's more like this like he can kind of be savage but he can also kind of be intelligent i mean right now he's kind of regressing but like where he's kind of fighting with like a more monster side and like his more intelligent side i've always kind of liked that that aspect of leatherhead and for me that's leatherhead you know i i didn't ever start with i didn't get i didn't i didn't see cajun leatherhead until i was merely a man and <laughs> by then he was only by that guarantee- time it was it was jambalaya <laughs> you didn't you didn't guarantee that right. uh, so for me it's like like those two i mean for me they're like two totally different characters oh yeah but uh i i really like this leatherhead uh and, and the leatherhead of like later series that follow I've, I've always thought it was cool that like leatherhead identifies the utrams as his family yeah, like, I, I think that's like the most interesting, coolest part of that character. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I there's some really good continuity in this issue, not just like Zog and Leatherhead, like you know, 
uh, Gary Carlson nails that. But even just like you'll notice that Leo is keeping his swords in his belt because his scabbards were broken last issue, and he's like mm. he's tied his arm, his uh, eye mask around his arm to stop the bleeding. I don't know if y'all noticed that. But well, it's colored. It's, it's colored white in the uh, in the book or in the digital version. Yeah, in, urban, in urban legend. So I didn't get that it was part of his mask. There's at least one panel where it's red because that's how I noticed it in, okay. in, the, in the book that I had. So, but yeah. But I did notice that he was wearing it on his uh, his swords on his belt, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not a bad look." I wish it was like samurai style, but I get yeah. why it wasn't. Yeah, he doesn't really have any scabbards. He just kind of has to yeah shove it in there. <laughs> uh, shove it in there, hope it stays, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, hope you don't cut your thigh up. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, that and like we already kind of talked about the continuity with like the the Triceratons not being able to breathe. I'm just, I'm just I, I'm glad the Triceratons are back. I yeah always enjoy a Triceratons issue. Talking about and, F- and Fosco way. does draw a good Triceraton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really I really like his art on those. Um, it's just fun to see those. And like speaking of continuity, like it, it seems like every couple panels. They're like, hey, remember this from Mirage One, like mm-hmm. Volume One. Hey, remember this from Mirage Volume One. Like, there was a lot of callbacks to to Volume One. Yeah, and then like one callback that's like, last issue, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it was a good, it was a good fake out. Yeah, and the other great thing is that Triceratons in this story are yellow, as all Triceratons should be. Right, they're not the weird blue that the last one was. <laughs> I like. Yeah, like I, this is the color they should be. Yeah, yellow. I mean, I can also accept orange. You well, know. wasn't Zog, Zog was the last one we saw, right? Uh, there was there was a couple in volume two. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. and they like weirdly changed from like blue to orange or something. It was really that's strange. Right. Yeah, uh, it's, coming, it's coming it was, back to me. It was it was to blue is what they had them in like volume two. Mm-hmm. It was like they had them like colored blue and and it's same with it a few issues of the classics issues. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the detail that Don was offered a spot on Special Operations Strike Force, but turned it down. And now I kind of want like Don with superheroes, the comic. You know, that sounds kind of. I was cool. I was wondering when he did that. Yeah, oh, like, it's totally off panel. I'm sure. Like it was really like it had to have been in an issue of Savage Dragon or something. Yeah, there's part of me that wonders. Yeah, for, like when he gets called to us because he's the one, he like the the government asks him to do this and assemble the task force. There's a part of me that wonders if he does make a small cameo. Where Savage Dragon is like, hey, do you want to join this? And Donnie's like, uh, no. Because he is also getting back from flying out somewhere. Yeah. In their car. So Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. So maybe, maybe he had a small it, it, it did, but but there was no there was no like call to remember a, a past issue, which is what threw me off. So I was like, did I miss something? Like, why is Donnie here? Yeah. yeah. So maybe, but I, I don't know. I also, I, I know I've talked a lot about the original covers of the series, but I really love the new cover they made for the Urban Legends reprint. That's just like Michelangelo with Dr. X, just like Scooby-Dooing his way away from these Triceratons. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> he's, like, he's just like, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's what I have for 19. Yeah, same. So twenty, I I might be still in like what I what it was like my absolute favorite thing out of all three of these issues that I thought was like a really cool detail that they got into, which is the like how much Don has to do manually with his armor now. 
Yeah. So, like he, he has to find the blueprints that were already kind of stored in like the memory banks of his armor to like create his like jetpack with wings. But then he also has to create jetpack fuel and he doesn't know how to do that. And that's not in his memory banks. And so he's falling. And so he's like, oh, crap. Well, I know how to make an electrical motor. So he makes an electric motor with her and it has his propeller going. And so now he's able to fly using that. So like, it's really cool because he has to actually know how to make these things and like know how to do these things with his armor, which kind of lets you see that like where its limits lie and where they're at. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's a really cool detail for me that I, I really liked. Well, one of my, yeah. One of my favorite characters from my hero academia, that's her uh, quirk is she can make anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she needs to know how it's made. Yeah. And so she keeps like a little book on her belt <laughs> of like things that she can make in battle real quick. Is that Yayorozu? Yeah, Yayorozu, mm-hmm. Momo. Um, so yeah, I just I just like that. Uh, a cool detail that I like is that Pimiko like sneaks into the sewer layer and kind of gets to drop on Splinter while he's on the phone. And then when Casey gets home, Pimico's tied up with the phone. Yeah, like, like Pimico. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Pimico at first, um, but then it, it was just funny that she did. And then it's like it's just funny that she like, and then nopes out of there like immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like we don't even really find out why she was there. I think she was she was there to check up on Komodo. Was she? Because I I thought they like told her about Komodo. I was I was thrown off then, but uh, well, says I think I sent her. Well, that she sent him, I should say. Yeah, Komodo says she sent him, and she was the one with the Shredder elites spying on the Foot Clan. Yeah, her silhouette looks like it's her. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess I don't know that for sure. Gotcha. I completely forgot that. Um, but it was it was funny to see uh, Pimico again because I'd forgotten how bad that costume is. Oh, Give her so some bad. pants. Give her some pants, please. But, like, especially because like this series has now like really found its footing and kind of gotten away from the like over the top nineties of the first couple issues, and now here it is again. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. yeah, like we had just gotten out of that like gross image kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing, and then now it's like, oh yeah, I remember that was here. Um, so what I noticed with uh, issue 20 for the Urban Legends cover specifically, um, they drew Leo with both hands dropping down onto the Triceratons. I just thought that was funny. Yes. Oh, yeah. That is strange. In case you haven't been uh, keeping up, right? You would be confused as to why he didn't have Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, they had no trouble uh, drawing Raph with one eye and Donna's a cyborg, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can keep track of that, but Leo yeah. lost his hands. He lost his hand three issues ago. Well, um, it wouldn't be the first time a comic book cover has not accurately reflected. True. What? <laughs> Wolverine's not in this book? Do <laughs> uh, you know that's a thing on TV tropes? Uh, it's, it's an actual trope called Wolverine's not in this book, and it's it's a trope about like them drawing very popular characters on books to get people to buy it. But then it's like, this character's not actually in the book. Oh man. Um, I thought, I think it's funny that Casey still has his, uh, his uh, red, white, and blue mask. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I'd forgotten that he had had it at this point. So <laughs> I, I love it. It, it, I don't know, at a certain level, like there, there's something about it that's just, it's grown on me. When yeah, I first like, saw it, like this mask is hideous, but it's very cheesy. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's funny that it, like, it's because it feels like a level up for his character in some way. <laughs> I think what, what they've done to make it a little better is they've kind of like reduced the size of the points on the top of it, you know, like it, it covers his face now and not his face and like Batman on top of it, you know, <laughs> they reduced the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're not, you know, instead of being like extreme with an X, it's just extreme with an EX. Just and- normal, just yeah. normal yeah. extreme. Yeah. <laughs> I used- <laughs> Sorry. I used to work at a place we had expense reports, but like, Someone had messed up the the Excel document. So the first <laughs> E was cut off of expense. Yeah, and man, expense. I couldn't I couldn't wait to get reimbursed for something. <laughs> I'm like, here's my <laughs> expense report. Nice. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, like for me, like I, I really love these issues because like they really feel like a turtle's book. Like, you know, like, like we, we've got a whole bunch of references back to like Mirage one. And so like, it really feels like it's in that universe. that's like really tied itself in. Uh, it, it's just very Ninja Turtles. And I, I love it for that. Yeah. My last note was just, I love how Fosco's or I'm sorry, Gary Carlson's handling all these storylines and kind of weaving them together. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Raph's doing his own thing with the Foot Clan, but like he's going to help with the Triceraton invasion and Don's involved because he has Zog's air car and like, it's all connected in a cool way yeah like after after everyone's kind of been separated they're all being combined together again yeah uh so they can all fight the the triceratons together so we're yeah getting the team back and seeing them take on a new threat yeah good stuff so yeah uh it's nice that we're kind of getting towards the end of this um i want to i <laughs> You'll, you could probably tell me, but I hope that this ends on a very satisfactory note. It, I hope so too, because I don't quite remember the ending myself. So <laughs> I, I don't 100% remember it, but like it at least does have like a nice bow, I guess, in a way, kind of tied on it. You know, it is an ending. And so, like, it's that way. But you will notice, you know, spoilers that it's definitely like tie up all these plot threads in three issues. So, like, it is kind of. I do remember that. Rushed. Yeah. I, I, it felt like uh, Gary Carlson had another year's worth of material. Uh-huh. Was only given three issues, you know. Ah, uh, what a bummer. Yeah, but I mean, if after the next three issues we read, you'll be like, man, I wish there was an ending to this. And at least you get an ending, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we will we will finish off like on twenty three, and you'll be like, crap, they canceled this book right there. That's yeah. That's like the worst place. To, I remember when I was reading through, I was like, man, this is the issue where they ended it. Really? Like, this is where it just stopped. Here? Coming. No wonders they had to have a fan, you know, ending written for it. Yeah. Much like volume four, which is going to be gotcha. very unsatisfying when we get there. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's something for a later date. We'll have to just like write our own fanfic that wraps it up. And I'll be an episode is us reading our own fanfics to each other. All I'm right. Sorry. Sounds good. I'm down. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. IDW as an event. You know, to do like to continue the multiversal crossover of Ninja Turtles tradition, they should just kind of have volume four, like they should like wrap up and also like the IDW's like Ninja Turtles, like crossover with them to like wrap up their story. 
and just kind of finish it and then separate. And so then volume four will have received an ending and IDW can continue on its route and everything can have a nice boat. Uh, that, that's my own, you know, personal, I guess, idea. But yeah. I don't know how they do it, but I feel like that would be a cool, good idea where they're technically not writing volume four, but at the same time, they're giving it an ending and kind of writing volume four. <laughs> There's I also see a what you're sneakily. Of- yeah what you're sneaky sneaky suggesting all right well guys uh like i said that's uh those three issues we're almost done with volume three uh shall we go to the news let's hit it this is april o'neill of channel six So we are recording this episode on the eve of the release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which means that the review embargoes have dropped. So if you're listening to this episode when it drops next Tuesday uh, from today, uh, yeah, the game will have already been out for the weekend. So these reviews don't matter because you're probably playing it already, but uh, it's scoring a lot of eight to tens, uh, which is really good, really, really fun to see. Uh, some of the reviews have been a little spoilery, so I've stayed away from them other than just seeing like the score numbers. Mm. But I'm stupid excited to play this game. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Like Dotemu really knows, or however you pronounce it, really knows what they're doing when it comes to fighting games. I mean, I, I haven't really played any other games, but like their fighters, like I'm not fighters, but their beat 'em ups are all very well reviewed. They're all very good. So like it's definitely no surprise to me that they did really well in you know for this one too yeah so the game right now uh i don't think we got a chance to say that it was currently on sale on switch uh the sale goes until the 22nd so if you're listening to this on turtle tuesday on the 21st yeah one more day to buy for 10 percent off on the nintendo eShop. uh but speaking of which uh guys where are you purchasing it just in case anybody wants to jump in on this six player uh action mm-hmm. i'll be on the switch it's my only option so i will be on the switch and i have an xbox with game pass i don't pay for xbox online but i might do it you know for a month just to kind of you know play with some people on you know they're on pc or xbox uh, those will kind of be the places where I'll be at, but mostly Switch. That's where it's kind of my system. Yeah, and I will be on PC on my Steam Deck, and I'm probably going to buy it on the Switch too, just because it just feels right. And then I'm going to have to double dip when I get my physical version of this game, uh, which I can't remember if we talked about all the physical versions that came out last week. We did. Uh, yes. But did we talk about the reveal of the final character? I can't remember if Casey we did. Jones. Casey Jones. Like I think I think all of this got announced the day after we recorded. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. No, yep. we didn't get to talk about how the release date uh, was revealed the day after we recorded last week's episode. So if you listened to this episode or last week's episode on the fifteenth uh, or the fourteenth, we sounded really silly. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so the day after we recorded. Uh, it dropped that it was the 16th of June and that Casey Jones would be the final character added to the roster. So Spencer was incredibly happy. Yeah. I love Casey Jones. So I definitely want to play him. 
kind of bummed that I have to beat the whole game just to play him. But yeah, uh, so Casey is not part of the main roster. He is an unlockable character. You have to beat the game at least once on any difficulty, I believe. And you can play Casey in New Game Plus. I got the hiccups awesome. all of a sudden. I was talking to someone on Discord and I was like, isn't it weird that like in a game about mutant turtles and alien warlords that like everyone's so excited to play as the regular guy the regular guy with the <laughs> hockey stick i know right yeah uh, but yeah i'm stupid excited for this um i don't know do we, do we know if uh is pat fraley coming back to voice him or is it just so as of now it, uh so according to the trailer uh that did not sound like pat fraley uh and then the developers have consistently said that only the turtles the four the four turtles have come back Oh, okay. um, and then I saw today that they did confirm that Bebop and Rock City were voiced by Barry Gordon and Cam Clark. Okay. So, but everyone else is brand new. Also, that uh, new Ninja Rap that came out for it. Oh, we ain't got time to lose by yeah. Ghostface Killer and Waekwon? Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. God, that is a bop. It's like, I don't know. I kind of hate myself for liking it because that's also really corny because it's a Ninja Turtle rap. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really digging it. it we ain't coming to lose. Yeah, we ain't coming to lose. Um, so we ain't coming to lose. Or we came to lose. We ain't either way. A freaking bop. Go listen to it. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, like the the first verse is like a Shredder rap, and then the second verse is like the Turtles. Anyway, so it's really cool as well how they like kind of change it tonally because like the first verse, like you've kind of got like that that deep piano that might just be basic deep piano, but it's like the same sound as like the hunt purple dragons theme piano in the 2003 series. Yeah. Could have been intentional. That's a deep cut. Well, cause it's like the only, exactly. It would be a pretty deep cut, but like that series is as far as I know, is like the only one that really has like some like themes for different characters that like are very, very like noticeable. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not noticeable is the right word, but like are that are very present distinct distinct there we go yeah it's like distinct themes for every character and so i imagine they kind of grabbed like the villain song from that series that would work for rap if they did do that could just also be basic hip-hop piano like well, who knows nothing but either way i like it and then in the next because like the next verse with the turtles that piano isn't there but it's got like very triumphant it's kind of like the background of the 2012 theme with the fanfare uh, kind of going on in the background, but they're rapping over it instead of the. Uh, Can you play a clip while we're talking about it? I could not. But no, it's a great song. Go listen to it. Uh, and then there's also like a couple versions of soundtracks coming out a limited edition vinyl, um, just a regular CD because some people still have CD players. Um, but yeah, the, the marketing for this game, like the marketing push is like really incredible. Uh, so yeah, Shredder's Revenge coming out a couple days ago. If you listen to this, yeah, it's uh, what there eight hours now, uh, from now, yeah, about eight no, hours. 10, it's gonna 10 drop hours, at, yeah, yeah. So it dropped at 6 a.m. on the 16th, so 6 a.m. Pacific time. So I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning as we record this and go buy it and download it. I'm gonna wake up and go to work. And then when I get home, I'll get to play it. <laughs> Gonna wake up. If you're buying it on your Switch, take your Switch to work. Oh, uh, but the thing is, my wife goes to work later than me, and sometimes she plays the Switch before work. Uh, well, honey, this is this is this is one of those days. This, this is, is like the time. Of, 
I need was the like, switch today, honey. I was, I was like, like uh, do you want to meet me for dinner tonight? And I was like, sweetie, I never play this card, but Ninja Turtles number 100 just came out. I have to go read it right now. She's exactly. Like, I totally understand. You're Get out of my man. way. Last room. <laughs> now is the time to play that card. <laughs> but the other do thing I, is, is like, you know, just call in sick tomorrow. I, it's I, fine. Um, <laughs> see, now, now nope. considering it. Oh, nope. Okay. Can't do that. All right. But yeah, Shredder's Revenge, uh, $24.99. Uh, if you are buying this uh, digitally, $35.99 for the uh, physical versions, which uh, are popping up at a bunch of retailers right now, but not GameStop for some reason. Uh, but also, they're all having a random delivery date of August. So the rumor is late July, August right now uh, for the physical versions, uh, for the basic physical versions, not the special limited run games versions cool so yeah uh any comic news this week comic book so this is going to have been out for a week uh by the time this episode releases but a trade paperback or it might be maybe a whole hardcover i don't really know a whole lot about it because i'm probably not going to get it but the best of the turtles books are all being put together into one bigger book that's going to be have all the turtles in it like the best of TMNT. So you're going to get the best of Michelangelo comic, the best of Donatello, the best of Raphael, the best of Leonardo, all in one. Great But not story. the best of Jenica? No. But great stories. Worth looking up, worth reading. Uh, I mean, like that Michelangelo macro series book, like the 40-page one from IDW, one of my favorite issues of Ninja Beautiful Turtles. Great, uh, great story. The, Man, the, the, Dreis, the Dresden Heist or the Dresden Heist. I, I love that. Uh, yeah, the micro series, that one's fun. That's the micro series issue. I'm talking about the one where he is trying to keep the kids from becoming foot recruits, the uh, orphans. Oh, yeah. On war. Good one. Good one. Super good. Uh, so yeah, go check out your local comic book shop for that. Uh, and then in toy news, literally an hour before we started recording, uh, my buddy Ethan over at Speaky Geeky on YouTube uh, dropped his part one of his interview with Trevor Samet from NECA. Uh, so go check out the video. It's very cool. It's 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 an interview. So there's not like reveals every couple seconds like they normally do, but it's a good interview to kind of get in Trevor's head. Um, and see, you know, what other lines he likes, what things he would like to work on. Uh, the big reveal, though, is that we are finally, finally getting one of my bucket list figures, Rex One. So I'm completely stoked. Uh, so Trevor did say that this was going to be an ultimate figure. Uh, he did have a first sample uh, to show on screen, uh, which we posted on our Twitter. Um, and I posted a link to the video, too, so you can go check it out there. Uh, but he confirmed that Rex One is a little bit shorter than Chrome Dome, which would put him probably about Krang height. So if you have the ultimate Krang, like this is, this is a big figure. Um, and he'd open it up so there's like a, a place to put the cassette tapes in his chest. Um, he has his like cool laser gun, his mouth open so you could put a mechanical tongue in there. Like he talked, he oh, specifically yeah, like pointed out issue. that feature. Yeah, like just like in the episode. Exactly. So I'm completely stoked for this figure. I hope it comes with an extra head for Irma to kind of like have her be in love with him because the only Irma that we have is the scared Irma from the Channel 6 set. And she doesn't make that face very often. She's more kind of like in love with the hot boy of the day. So 
we definitely need a new Irma, at least a new head sculpt to go with this one. Um, but there was other cool stuff that he had dropped in the interview because uh, Ethan had asked him specifically, like, what are some things not Toon Turtles that you would love to sculpt? And he specifically said uh, the 2012 series, uh, how that is his favorite uh, Ninja Turtle series, how it kind of just has everything. And then he had mentioned more IDW things. He would love to do those. So no fingers crossed, no confirmation of anything, but it was a, it was some neat drops in there. Like some, you know, it, it's nice to hear that he wants to do IDW. Like he specifically mentioned Jenica and even Venus. So Trevor is really up to date, at least on what's going on in IDW. So he's got an idea of like what he would love to see. That is awesome. Yeah. I would definitely love to see some like, like you, do you know what I would actually maybe consider getting a figure of? I really like Krang's design in that series, mm. but also like that big giant like battle armor that uh, Cherell shows up in. Yeah, finally like conscious. I like, would love that like, suit looks super cool. I would love like Koya and Bludgeon for some reason. Like I oh, really yeah. like Koya and Bludgeon. Oh yeah, especially since Bludgeon has pretty much become just like Shark Daredevil. Like yeah, <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> God, God, like reading, like, like reading. Oh, I'm. I'm reading like the Karai uh, issues right now in, oh. in IDW and like when they go to Japan and like when he's learning his, his danger sense, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like I really, the, yeah. a, a blind ninja shark. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, and like, it's, that's Sophie's like, like that, that, that's one of Sophie's arcs. And that's like probably one of my favorite arcs in ninja, like in the IDW series. And it's probably my yeah. favorite thing Sophie's done. Uh, I, yeah. It's really good. It is a really good arc. No, Sophie really knocked that one out of the park. And he and so he specifically mentions like um uh he specifically mentions like you know there's different artists that do turtles, so they would have to like they may do an artist series. He didn't say that, Ooh. but like I, that's just kind of like what he had hit, like what he hinted, like I don't know which artist to pick, kind of thing. Ooh. Um he made a joke about like April's aunt that the archaeologist aunt that we had seen yes. <laughs> in one episode. Um so it's really good. Go check it out. Like I said, Speaky Geeky. So S P E E K Y Geeky on YouTube. Uh, link is on our Twitter for that video. Um, yeah, I had to like I had to like binge watch it right before we started inter- right before we started recording. So, man, even even just like an old hob figure. Now you got me thinking about this stuff. Like I know. I, I, actually I, spe- do- I specifically didn't tell you that until right now so this is a this is a genuine reaction that spencer's having folks like <laughs> i mean once again like that might be the thing to finally push me into action figures you know i feel like i'd have to support and be like yes people care about idw give us more of this I yeah will, I will so it buy. was really it was really nice to uh see trevor talk about uh idw very mm-hmm. lovingly um so yeah go check that out uh ethan didn't say when part two of the interview is going to come um because this is specifically labeled part one. So. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And that's it. That's all I got. I want to go download uh, Turtles. So, uh, guys, thank you again for a, another wonderful week of uh, just being here, being fans of the show. Um, yeah, we do this for you. We love it. And it's, we're still getting, like, really cool notes from people. Like, I... Uh, somebody in the Shredder's Revenge Discord like said they just love, you know, we just got a good vibe. 
we're just we're just three dudes that love talking about turtles so nice. uh thank you to everyone who tells us nice things you know tell a friend about the show ninja turtle ph on instagram twitter and facebook um shout out to rob from uh turtles yeah Forever. rob from he turtles totally Forever. made like, my day oh man rob, yeah like i woke up to like a group chat from rob and like just telling us how much he like he loved us so rob thank you buddy uh yeah. we gotta have you on the show again talking about just whatever you want rob you pick you pick the topic and you come on the show <laughs> um but yeah um that's it for me so yeah so uh what are we doing next week spencer Next week, we're going to be covering episodes 23, 24, and 25 from season four of the 1987 series. All right. So that is Donatello Makes Time, Farewell Lotus Blossom, and Rebel Without a Fin. Man, I'm just, I'm still kind of like excited that NECA actually maybe kind of cares about doing something. <laughs> that's all he's going to do that for the rest of the night. So that's going to, that's going to get him through the night. So, there you go. uh, yeah. Uh, until next week. Suspense. Yeah. Until yeah. next week, guys. Yeah. That's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. We appreciate it. And until next time, Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. I'm gonna go download Shredder Revenge. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs>this person is you can go to their profile and it shows you how you added them and if you did it by facebook it shows you their facebook picture so i'm like oh that's who this person is i have played ultimate alliance 3 the black order for 105 hours or more it seems incredible. i need to i bought all of the dlc but i have not uh 
I think I got up to when like Miles and Gwen and Ms. Marvel jumped in. Oh yeah, it's very early. I know. It's something to be like, I'm not like I'm not feeling the combo system. Yeah, it's kind of wonky. And um, you feel like very underpowered for a long time. Yeah, like I feel like I'm underpowered and I feel like my my combos aren't executing. So I'm like, I'm just more annoyed at everything. Like I just keep button mashing to just do the ultimate combo stuff. Yeah. It was actually like if you press one of the shoulder buttons, you do your own powers. If you press the other one, that's the like, I think they call it sync attack or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It was very confusing when I first started, but I'm amazed. I played that for 105 hours, but I've only played Smash Brothers for 90. I've played Breath of the Wild for 155, which that's that seems accurate. It's the 105 on Black Order that seems weird. But let's see what mine. What I, I already think I've probably played the new Lego Star Wars game and obscene for an obscene amount of time. <clears throat> I just sold it because I was like, I don't want to play it on Switch. I want to play it on something with higher fidelity because it is a very pretty game. It, yeah, it is definitely. I guess I just have nostalgia for playing Lego games on a Nintendo system. See, I started, I played the first Nintendo or Lego Star Wars on PS2. Mm. Yeah, I grew up playing it on our, like the complete saga on, on the Wii. Mm. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like I kind of have to get it on Switch. Not to mention, okay. it, what my wife and I like. Like a Beat Cop. Which is a new new game that I like uh, for two hours. Final Fantasy VII for five hours. Uh, definitely haven't beaten that. Unruly Hero. It's a fun beat 'em up, uh, like a four player beat 'em up. Uh, Dead Cells. I'm addicted to seventy five hours. Uh, Animal Crossing. One hundred and eighty. Uh, I know there's more, but I, these are all the games that I played recently. Is Shredder's Revenge available at midnight, or do I have to wait till tomorrow morning? Six a.m. Six a.m. Six a.m. That's uh, Pacific time, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like nine for Eastern. So oh, so it's for you. simultaneous across the U.S. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be I think eight o'clock for you across yeah. the world. Me, I will be at work by that time. I will have been same. A while by that time <laughs> for an hour or so for an hour i'm gonna wake up buy the game and then go to work yeah i, I pre-ordered it on my switch so it's pre-downloaded and ready for uh whenever i all right fine if we're gonna do that i like i bought a hundred dollars like a hundred dollars in eShop car uh money like specifically just to buy a bunch of games and then I was like I was going to do this and then and then the physical things got announced and I'm like ah, I don't want it to be like I did that for another game where I bought it physically after I bought it digitally mm-hmm. and I don't know why like I just didn't like it I didn't like that I did that yeah that no, seems I wrong yeah I wouldn't want to press you in a double dipping but for me it's just time, like the only option right like I, I well, right a, yeah like, but at, but at the same time, like, I want to be able to play with you guys. So it's like, do I honestly, my video that? game playing time is probably pretty limited on account of the tiny little monster. I mean, movie. that's fair. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love dearly. You're good. <laughs> uh, 
No. What issues did we read again? It was 18, 19, and 20. 18, yep. 20, yep. And then it was the last three issues they wrote that capped off the series, right? I believe so, yeah. So next was... time we yeah, so next time we read this comic, it will be up to where it got canceled. Yeah. Um, There's also a like two issue fan comic that came out to wrap it, like it all a, up. Yeah, it was like a Russian comic. Yeah, it's actually quite a bit different than wait, no, wasn't the Russian comic Archie? There's also a Russian comic for Archie coming out, yeah. Oh, I didn't know there yeah. was one for both. I'm not I'm not actually sure that the there was at least one Russian guy involved with the image. There's always ending. a Russian yeah. guy involved. Yeah, but I don't know that's as Russian as the, the Archie one. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. It's, it's actually it's quite a bit different than what they did for her. Uh, what IDW did, uh, okay, so know. so IDW Urban Legends book two goes up to issue 26. Yeah, that's the it originally ended at 23, 26 is with Urban Legends ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we <clears throat> wanted to read the fan comic ending, we can. Uh, but no, I wasn't really going to get into fan comics. Yeah, I think that that's a slippery slope. Okay. And like the only thing that really legitimizes it, in my opinion, is that like Kevin Eastman did the cover of one of them. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that that's kind of cool. It, but... That means it's canon. Right. <laughs> canon. But he did the cover for all three of the issues that uh a retailer incentive cover. Yeah, that's right. For all three of them for Urban Legends. So even more canon, canon times ten. Well, times three. Times three. Well, I don't know. I was just pulling numbers. <laughs> no. All right. Um, I should probably stop playing Super Mario Bros. 3 and start talking about Turtles. This game's just so damn fun, guys. I get you. I was, I was playing through the Tropical Freeze, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze with my wife, and then we kind of like stopped. Not, I, don't know, I think we were kind of close to the end. I don't know why we stopped playing, but then I like randomly picked it back up over the weekend and I'm just like, man, I love Donkey Kong games. Like, why did we, why did we not finish this? Yeah. I never played Tropical Freeze. I did play the one before it though. Um, Returns? Donkey Kong Country Returns? Is that it? Uh, probably. I don't know. I, I grew up with like a Super Nintendo for the majority, like until I was like 10. Like that's yeah. all we had. So I played uh, Donkey Kong Country. It was like one of my favorite games growing up as a kid. I, I love playing it. So I still... Got a soft spot for Donkey Kong. See, I was a Sega kid. I didn't have a Super Nintendo. I had Sonic. I had Toe Jam and Earl, which is an amazing game. What else did I have? That's I have, about it. I Donkey Kong Country, Super Mario World, um, <laughs> Faceball. It's a game that I had that, like no one's ever heard of whenever I bring it up. Baseball. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like smiley faces that move around a maze and shoot balls. Yes, at each other. I do know that one. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I think a buddy of mine had it for the Game Boy. Actually, though, that wouldn't surprise. I've never heard of this. So it is. It is quite the game. It, it is 
I don't know how else to describe it. Like it's, it's just kind of weird. But as a kid, it was very suspenseful. Like just moving around this maze, you're just like popping along at like, I don't know how many pixels at a time, but you know, it definitely didn't have very smooth motion. It was yeah. smooth with the Super Nintendo, probably. It, it runs at like 20 frames a second. Yeah, it's like 20 <laughs> frames a second, but it's 3D, 3D orientation. Uh, it's pretty much a first-person shooter, actually. Like, but like you're shooting balls out of your face at another smiley face in a maze. Uh, it is quite the game, but I am glad that someone else has played this. But I, I loved that game as a kid too. <laughs> that one, Top Gear, Pilot Wings. Oh, then later on we got Super Star Wars, and we discovered uh places like GameStop. There was a place called Play and Trade. That we got Super Star Wars from. Nice. And then, back in my day, it was gamers. Then there was some like weird falling out. So like a bunch of gamers were like, "We're not actually affiliated with gamers anymore. We're just a different gamers." It was really strange. What the hell happened? We used to have a Funko Land. Ah. And then that turned into GameStop. Oh, I had no idea. Was it Funko like the Pops or? Uh, no, this is like years before that. Ah, okay. Uh, but it's F-U-N-C-O. Ooh. The reason why Funko has to be spelled with a K with Funko Pops. Mm. I, I mean, it's it's non-existent anymore, so. I know. It was just a joke. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, and then later on in life, I got I got tournament fighters. So I, like, that's the thing I still use my Super Nintendo for is tournament fighters. I get on them. Well, Are you excited for Cowabunga collection? Yeah, have soon you'll be that? able to use wow. your uh, your Nintendo Switch for that. I know. I am very excited about it because it's also going to have online play. I can go yeah. and get my butt whooped by people online. I'm so excited. <laughs> by something oh, besides a computer. I'm definitely <laughs> by something besides butt, the computer. So. Uh I'm really hoping that they like have it like the uh, the version they use in tournaments because they they have like versions of it that they use in tournaments like Combo Breaker. Mm-hmm. Where you can like switch the skins of the turtles and things like that. Like you have different color schemes for the different characters, not just the turtles, but all the characters. But, think, uh, what's the different colors for the turtles? Are they just like they, different they of have, or? They of course have like a different comic. They have like a comic book one. Where you know they're black and white with red, you know, red bandanas. Oh yeah, uh, what they normally do to represent the comic book. Um, there were a few others, but they had different color schemes for for a few of the different characters. I think like you know, Slash had one where it's like the blue skin. Uh, I don't think you can play as Slash though. Maybe they made it so that with the turtles you can, because in that game you just play as, like when you fight Slash, it's just a turtle. It's just a clone of whoever you are, but with a different color scheme. Oh, mm. in the Sega Genesis version, there were clone turtles, and they were like this, like milky purple, purple color. Yeah, it hmm. looked really strange. I think they think he was actually purple for the normal game, but I think they called him Slash. Pretty sure they did. Hmm. Interesting, but you couldn't actually play as him. <laughs> Perfect. Oh shoot! I didn't wrap a, I didn't wrap a summary. Pull pull one up from the internet right quick. Uh, which issue did you have? Uh, nineteen. I got it. I, 
Oh. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, thank you, though. I always worry about it, okay? I appreciate that. I pull it up for all the issues. I get mine from TMNT Entity. Love that Ooh. site. Yeah, great site. Fancy. All right, so what news do we have this week? Uh, so we got a Big Mac figure. Uh, it's Rex One. Rex One. Peasants. <laughs> I've watched all these episodes with you. What are you talking about? Um, I knew it was Rex One. I don't even. Know. Uh, I'll, I I just watched that whole video. There's there's some good tidbits in there, so I'll talk about that. Um, Shredder's uh, Shredder's Revenge. The review embargo ended. Um, so we talk about you know it's getting eights and t- eights to tens. Um, I didn't read any because some of them were spoilery, so I didn't want to yeah, do that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to either. Uh, but we can just talk about the review scores. Uh, and then they're adding slash to smite now. Oh yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not playing smite, so. Yeah, I, I try to smite. It's just 3D League of Legends. I don't really like League of Legends. I, the, I can't remember what they're called. Are they called Arena Fighters? Are they called Arena? MOBAs. MOBAs? Okay, that's what they call them. Yeah. Anyway, I, I can't. Uh, MOBAs, Dodos. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think that was it. I literally just did news with Jason last night on Turtle Recall, and I cannot remember what we talked about other than <laughs> uh the best of turtles book came out uh we did not talk about that yeah the one that concludes includes all four of the turtles together he's not reading he's not reading the comics so he's not like up to speed with it like we are yeah i mean i just i just follow idw's thing and and when it comes to those like collections Mm -hmm. i i see them and that's that's about the furthest it goes because i don't i don't like really look into or read those so yeah, like usually I have them as single issues already, so I don't need function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's hot, so whenever we want to get started. Yeah. Let's get going. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> 